0: Queering Little Women, a podcast about Joe March, a young trans man trying to make it as a writer in Concord, Massachusetts in the 1860s. Episode 6, Chapter 6, Beth Finds the Palace Beautiful. I'm Jo, and this is Queering Little Women. Okay, so this week on Queering Little Women, the Lawrences and the Marches are getting to know each other better. Lori becomes less indolent, but also less studious from playing with the March siblings. The Marches enjoy the Lawrences' big house. Meg likes the flowers, Jo the library, Amy likes the pictures and Beauty. Beth longs for the piano, but is too shy to go over after a first failed attempt. Mr. Lawrence sets up a Beth-friendly scenario where she can come and play without seeing anybody. Beth's bravery shines. (laughs) Beth thanks Mr. Lawrence with embroidered slippers, and Mr. Lawrence thanks Beth back with a small piano inherited from his granddaughter who died. In triumph, Beth summons superhero strength and goes over to thank him in person, while the family looks on in awe. Great summary, Maggie. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. All right, let's clear let's so this up. Should we clear it out? Let's clear yeah. it. Let's just start with the hard stuff, and then we'll move on to the funner stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have a quote on, right in the beginning of the chapter, that mm-hmm. I want to read that addresses class. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it says, The other lion, this is referencing, of course, Pilgrim's Progress, Pilgrim's Progress, which Lou slash Bronson is obsessed with, Okay, so the other lion was the fact that they were poor, they, meaning the March family, and Laurie rich. For, his, for this made them shy of accepting favors which they could not return. But after a while, they found that he considered them the benefactors and could not do enough to show how grateful he was for Mrs. March's motherly welcome, their cheery society and the comfort he took in that humble home of theirs. So they soon forgot their pride and interchanged kindness without stopping to think which was greater. What do we think about this? I I have conflicting feelings about it. I mean, my first reaction is that it's sort of sweet, and it's like, um, you know, we talk about interdependence or whatever, and, and it's not, there's not a feeling that the Lawrences are just giving stuff to sure. the marches, and that the marches sure. should be grateful if that um, it's a mutually beneficial sure. R- arrangement. Sure. And I think that's the intent. I think mm-hmm. that's Lou's intent. But what, but you, but it kind of rubs you the wrong way. Well, I'm just, I mean... The the line the for this made them shy of accepting favors which they could not return mm-hmm. and then um, the soon they forgot their pride and interchanged kindness without stopping to think which was greater I just don't think that's real hmm. you think that that people still feel it oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh that's yeah for sure. I think that they're like constantly still feeling it and yeah. constantly aware that like you have quote unquote more than me it's not like you have different than me because you have money and fine things and we have love <laughs> right you know right, it's, right, right, it's right, like right. Absolutely. you have you have comfort and safety and security mm-hmm. because you don't have to worry how to feed your family right you know right. and and you are so fine that you have a fucking conservatory and uh, <laughs> you know like fancy paintings and a, enough money that you can give people pianos you know <laughs> Like that is overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. That like it sets up a dynamic that uh-huh. is like that's a power dynamic right there. Yeah, you know. And even though like Laurie is getting something from them that he's not getting at home, I still think like he could. I think s- you're right. He could so like hoard that over them uh-huh. in so many ways, and so could Mr. Lawrence. Which is not to say that I feel like either of them are doing that per se. Right, but the but the marches would feel that there is a power dynamic. Yeah, yeah, and I just don't think that, especially Joe, I mean, he's not a moron, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, neither is Marmy, you know? Like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see Amy being like, oh yeah, I get pretty things just because I'm pretty and uh, I deserve that, you know? But <laughs> you're so hard on Amy! I've been feeling much more sympathetic toward Amy this week. Really? Even after chapter seven? Oh Yeah. Let's not. Let's address chapter seven and episode seven. This is episode six, chapter. Seven. Okay, great. Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think you're right. I think. Um, it just doesn't feel real. Yeah, know? it's. I mean, none of this. I think all of this. Well, yeah. Is. I mean, and I wonder, because you always bring up how the Alcotts were actually much poorer than the yep. marches are presented. Yep. And I wonder if, I, I feel like we've heard things about, like, them needing to rely on the help of friends they for absolutely survival, did. They right? absolutely did. And so, I think all of this is, like, um, it's Lou lo- painting a rosy picture Yeah, idealizing poverty. it. Yeah. yeah. Yep, for sure. For sure. Or giving them... More money than they actually have. Right, which lessens the power dynamic. It's like, we don't need these things from you. You just give us all these luxuries that we're sort of like... You know, like the marches are presented as sort of being more moral for not needing sure. fancy things. Sure. It's, you know, it's not like they're... Mr. Lawrence is feeding them. He's giving them, you know, a nicer piano than the theater sure, yeah. they Well, I also think to an extent, especially for some characters more than others they might feel that they are entitled to that because father lost mm. the, lost the money with a bad business deal, which is entirely vague, you know, mm-hmm. and so they feel like they used to have those things and therefore, like, they have some sort, sort of... This is sort of the natural order of things. Yeah. They, it's, like, due to them. Sure, which I do think that also happens in the real world, that it's, um, you know, I have a friend who's always getting mad about this, that it's so much easier for, like rich people who've fallen on hard times to raise money than for poor people who've always been poor to raise money to just, you know, get by. Yeah. I think that's really real that like people, yeah, people, it does seem natural that people who used to have fancy things should have fancy things or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I mean, that'll come up again because I have more things to say about it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there. that's like, yeah, it's a major aspect of their dynamic. Um, little ew moment. I've been coddling the fellow as if I'd been his grandmother," says Mister Lawrence. <laughs> Fucking grandmothers, you know? Oh my God! Yeah, because he's he's just the grandfather. So that's just explicitly like. All oh, right, things. I do remember that line. It's just like women are terrible <laughs> at kid stuff. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about Beth because this chapter is really about. I felt Beth. so warmly towards Beth and definitely identified with her more in this chapter than ever before. Really? Yeah. I I cried at the end of this chapter. I cried. Oh yeah. We'll get to why, but yeah. Beth's strength in this. Some things that I noticed. One thing is that in the beginning of the chapter, so it's talking about Beth trying to go over to see the piano. It says she went once with Joe, but the old gentleman not being aware of her infirmity I know, I wrote that down too. (laughs) Stared at her so hard from under his heavy eyebrows, etc. I know, I wrote is timidity and infirmity. I think that's what I was saying the other day, that it seems like it's Beth isn't just timid, Beth is like powerfully socially anxious or something, like there's a way that this is like really shapes Beth's whole life, yeah. you know, sure. and so I think sure, it, you know it's it, like if we substitute disability for infirmity, sure, and that she needs accommodation, right, like he, he doesn't know, you know, he thinks that this is just like your imaginary average child off the street and acts accordingly and then he realizes like, oh this Kid, you know, needs yeah. to be treated in a different way, and then he does make accommodation for her. It's true, yeah. So I, I kind of like that. That yeah, understood. Well, and then when she runs home to her, to talk to her family of invalids, oh, the little doll! <laughs> I just love that. Lou I called love... it the family of invalids. I know. Or she like went for a walk with the family of invalids, or something like that. Then she multiple th- times. She had to take one of <laughs> them, had, them for a walk. She had to take one for a walk, and then she. Had to That is fucking adorable. Well, and maybe it's interesting that you pose it as that she has a disability, especially like an invisible disability. Yeah, totally. Um... And then, how do you then pose her Her family of invalids? Yeah, Yeah, totally. So it's like she's protecting other people that may get cast off. Uh huh. You know, because she feels that way about herself. Totally. And I totally think, like, when I think about my dolls and stuffed animals, that they're absolutely like they exist so that I can give care to them as a way of giving care to myself. You know what I mean? Like the Mm. the teddy bear that you're like in the middle of the night when you have a bad dream. You're like, don't be afraid. Baby, it'll be okay. You know, like you're basically talking yourself when you do that, which I don't know if you did that, but I definitely, yeah, maybe did. And I think about like now the sort of characters that I want to create for myself. Like I have a little doll that someone gave me once because they said it looked like me when I was little, you know, and so I'll like be like, it's nice to, like take care of little Maggie or like I have this Babar stuffed animal, which like Babar is a really fucked up story, but he's like a king. And so he's very, like... He's an elephant, right? Yeah, he's an elephant with uh-huh. a crown on his head. Yeah. Um, it's, like, basically a parable about colonialism, I think. But Cool. Yeah, it's not really cool. But <laughs> I read it when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And I was just like, cool, it's an elephant wearing clothes. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, as an adult, I really, like, look... I used to not care about him, but now I'm like, yeah, I want to be strong like a king. And so it's like, I, I don't know. This is what I think about dolls and stuffed animals that they represent you and aspects of you yeah that's a beautiful way to think about it thank you <laughs> i you're you're like cracking my brain open a little bit uh-huh. it's gonna help me think about beth a little bit differently too and i already love beth she was already my second favorite just love beth more and more and more i know and i just was identifying with her because i do i know um hear what it says beth so this is one mr lawrence is sort of dropping the hint that Beth could come by and not have to talk to anyone. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? And Beth wants to tell him that she she will do this, and it says trembling at her own boldness as she spoke. And I love that. I feel like I identify with that, too, because of, like, there are things that seem scary to me sometimes that aren't scary to other people, you know? Mm-hmm. But you still when you do them, you're like, "I'm super badass and brave right now." Even if like that's not apparent to anyone else looking at the situation and I just like being bad. Like I really felt like Beth was incredibly brave in this chapter. Yeah, that's interesting. I was in improv class yesterday and I was that we were mm-hmm. playing this game that I just like really didn't want to mm-hmm. play, and I did play it, but I and I had this moment where I was like Okay, well, this is like really not a big deal it, when you think about it, but for some reason, it feels really yeah. scary. And you did it anyway. And so you did it anyway. You used your Beth bravery. I guess <laughs> I, I channeled Beth last channeled night death. at improv. Totally Amaze. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that we should bring back the word beatitude. <laughs> <laughs> um, it No, it's got to be it. Be maybe beatitude. What? No, because yeah, it means like happiness. Be- but like the beatitudes, it's it's um it says she stayed till Hannah came to take her home at dinner, but she had no appetite and she could only sit and smile upon everyone <laughs> in, mother, a state even in a general state of beatitude. In a general state of beatitude, B-E. B E A T I T U D. See, B-E-A, It's not. There's no U. B A beautiful has a U in it. Oh, it's. I think it's just beatitude. If anybody sorry. knows how to say it, I'm pretty sure it's beatitude. Well, I don't care. We're bringing Wait, it say back. Beatitude. Okay, beatitude. Let's say beatitude. <laughs> well, either way, beatitude, beatitude. Both of them are words that okay. we need to say. Okay, I'm and sorry. And the, the annotation says it means happiness. That's so nice. Beatitude.
1: Be-,
0: Be attitude. Be Be <laughs> <attitude. laughs> beatitude. I wish you all could see Joe <laughs> what they're doing. Right beatitude. attitude. Be- <laughs> <laughs> Just like moving back and forth. <laughs> it's like sassy. I don't know. That's right. Um, also, I just wanted to note that uh, there's a line about playing the piano on Amy's face in her sleep. Yes! Love <laughs> it. I just imagine her like, wow. Like, <laughs> they must share a bed, right? I guess, yeah. 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 But I just I that. love it. That. I loved that visualization. I <laughs> hope that I wake somebody up by playing the piano on their face. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. And then the other thing that you know, maybe it's a cheap shot, but whatever. I'm just gonna say it. The pansy socks. Oh yeah, cheap shot all the way. <laughs> the, Love it. The pansy socks. Okay, no, 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 no. They Which were, also is called hearts ease. Uh, That's a, according to the yeah, annotation, yeah, yeah. hearts ease and is another later word for. In the, later yep. on, he called. And but but they're not just any pansies. They're grave yet cheerful pansies <laughs> on a deeper purple ground. Yeah, what what. Kind of pansy would you describe as grave, grave yet, yet cheerful? What kind of anything would you describe <laughs> as grave yet cheerful? I feel like those are pretty much total opposite. antonyms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, grave yet te- maybe like a gravestone with daisies. Oh, maybe it's gra- <laughs> <laughs> or pansies. Grave yet cheerful. <laughs> it's a cemetery covered in pansies. Mm-hmm. Grave yet cheerful. Not cheerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or gay, even. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> grave and gay pants. Um, okay, he, so here's another thing. In, um, Mr. Lawrence's note to Beth, when mm-hmm. he gives her the piano, Yeah, he addresses her as Madam. I know. And then Amy has some swoony reaction mm-hmm, that I found mm-hmm. annoying that was like, oh, isn't that elegant? It's so fancy and elegant, but, yeah. But, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't, doesn't, I thought that it had to do with marital status. If you were you were Miss if you were unmarried and you were Madam when you were married. I don't know. I Miss or Ms, depending. I I mean I think those things have changed a lot over time. Yeah, you but know, this was written in the eighteen sixty. So you mean you think that was long ago or pretty recent? Well, I think that that I thought that that's the way that it was for a very long time, and now it's become I mean, sort cause, of antiquated. No, because in the like I don't know. I know that in the but rich people tend to follow rules of like sure old sure old old things. So I remember, they, they say miz comes from mistress, right? That you used to be able to call someone mistress, so-and-so, whether or not she was married. And I don't know about Ma- should. I was sort of surprised there was no annotation on that, because I'm curious if anyone knows. I mean, in French, it would be madame would be like the adult woman or married woman thing, and mademoiselle would be the young woman I should have Googled it. Yeah. I'll Google it. Okay. Google it. Okay. <laughs> So, speaking of the reaction that Amy, of Amy's to the letter, mm-hmm. I, my gender question for this chapter. Oh, great. Gender question. Is what? gesture My gestion. Beatitude. <laughs> my beautitude. Let's have some beautitude up, up in this house. Okay. Um, beatitude. I like it. I do like it. I like it both ways, honestly. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I like the, like, <laughs> the assonance, beauty the, like, too oud sound. Anyway, um, my question <laughs> uh-huh. is what is the difference between Meg and Amy's femininity or femme identity as portrayed in this chapter? Because I notice a couple of points sure. where when they talk about going to the Lawrence's house, Meg wants to stroll among the flowers in the greenhouse, and Amy wants to look at the pictures and quote-unquote, like, the beauty, like, soak up the beauty, or something like that. Sure. And then again, in this, um, in the reactions to the piano. I think this happens all the time in this book, where, like, something happens and we see the four reactions... We see the archetypes, yeah. ...of the four archetypes. Yeah. Um, and so in this case, Meg says, see the cunning brackets to hold candles and the nice green silk puckered up with a gold rose in the middle and the pretty rack and stool all complete, opening the instrument and displaying its beauty. So Meg is reacting to the physical appearance of it in a way that, like, Beth and... Um, sure. Joe aren't. and But Amy reacts to... Your humble servant James Lawrence. Only think of his writing that. I'll tell the girls; they all think it's splendid. Yeah, I wrote down that, down Amy, that too. Said Amy, much impressed by the note. So Amy is so in this. I thought that was annoying. I hate Amy. Sure, I know you hate Amy. <laughs> she's annoying. Yeah, she's really annoying. Yeah. Um, is yeah, no. but but so what is that? I I'm just like interested in what Lou is saying about sort of different ways of doing femininity. This that Amy's like sort of thinking about the appearance, the like outward appearance, and Meg is sort of just enjoying a sens- sensory experience that she's having. with Well, me. I think it's easier to, the differentiation is clearer to me with Meg and the flowers and Amy and the paintings. Mm-hmm. Because, so Meg and the flowers, to me, that's it's almost foreshadowing when you think about, like, Meg wants beautiful things, she wants to be around beautiful things, but she's content with, like, the, na- it's sort of the like natural, natural beauty. Mm-hmm. beauty. It's sort of like... Simple mm-hmm. in that, and she she can find contentment in that, mm-hmm. while Amy can only find contentment in the bougie, like European, big, expensive, mm-hmm. fancy. Like she has to be. Maybe it's almost that she thinks of herself as like as an ornament, like the paintings. Whoa, whoa, Or creepy. something like yeah. that. You know, uh-huh. and and I think that many women who had wealth oh, at that time were sort of. Considered and treated as as ornaments, uh-huh. as like yes. arm, as arm candy, arm candy, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, and that's why they, you know, wore those horrible corsets, which just like mm-hmm. harmed them. Like, which Lou lobbied against, and like all sorts of other things. But yeah, that this to me, I mean, Amy's response, which I found so annoying, and the, I'll tell the <laughs> girls, I'll tell the girls, they'll think it's killing. Which I did like the expression, it's killing. Oh, I see. My my fucking edition has everything good edited out of it. Mine says they'll think it's splendid. Oh, yeah, and they did say that that it was changed to splendid. Yeah. But, yeah, they'll think it's killing. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, we could start that. We could bring that back, too. They'll think it's killing. I think it's killing. Mm. This be- your beauty is killing today. <laughs> My <on>, thank you. <laughs> I thought that your... Uh, Gestion, is that the right word? <laughs> was that a good was guess that gestion the one that we made? Yeah. Uh, no, je- gestion. gestion. Yeah. yeah. Your your gestion was <laughs> killing. It was killing. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh. Yeah. So that her response there is like similar because she needs that validation. So she's mm-hmm. like saying, "Oh well." It's very externally focused. Yes, exactly, yes. and it's also very like fancy focused, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. she she feels most fulfilled and validated when it's, like, something to do with riches, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, it's very rare that, even the, like, thing that she later comes to love, which is painting, Mm -hmm. like, that is more, it's almost, like, in service of fine things, you know? You mean having fine things, having the paintings, or... To make money? What do you mean in service of fine things? Um, because paintings are seen as like a fine thing mm-hmm. at that time. That's you true. You That's true. So it's like creating and Very perpetuating different. that sort of culture. Mm-hmm. And that's what like where she fits is, is there. And You just really hate Amy. I really don't like Amy. <laughs> I just hate yeah, she's petty. I'm just impressed by Meg's. It's like such a detailed, her observations are just like this piece is nice and this piece is nice when she's describing the piano. Mm-hmm. Anyway, something I just want to keep keep an eye out for because yeah. Meg and Amy are both sort of seen as like conventionally feminine in some way, but they're really sure. different characters. Sure. Well, and I think that Meg appreciates more the rules of society, uh-huh. while Amy more appreciates the like the hierarchy. <laughs> sure, you said it, not me. <laughs> I was gonna say more like she appreciates the. Yeah, maybe the hierarchy, the fanciness, the riches. The, uh-huh. Yeah, the hierarchy. That's yeah. Um, um. Then we see Hannah, and I was. Did you tell us whether the Alcats really had a servant? They couldn't have. I would have to look back at okay. that annotation. I don't. I don't think that they did. Because it's interesting that that if not that Lou chose to put a servant in this family, and Hannah's not like, doesn't really have a plot role. Like, what's the, why is Hannah in this story, and what is Lou well, trying to accomplish by putting her I mean, advice? I think it's Lou trying to overcompensate, first of all, about their class. Uh-huh, and, and just make them appear a little, a little bit better. more than they have. Uh-huh. And then I also think, I don't know. I, I think that Lou is overcompensating. I actually wrote this as a note, because the line says, Hannah, who always took a share in the family's joys and sorrows, and I really just think that that is Lou like really trying to prove something, I you know? know like I know. I Hannah's so... part of the family too, only not really, I you feel know? I like it's so gross. Like that, just every time, almost every time Hannah is mentioned, it's like, and everyone loves Hannah, and Hannah loves us, and it's just it's just one of the I family. I know, and it's, and it's, it's like, like, like I don't think you so. try you trying too hard to make that point. You really try, you know? <laughs> right. Like how come you, Hannah doesn't have a chapter? Right, you know? Like, <laughs> like Hannah's one of the family. Right. Yeah. Like, Why don't we follow Hannah's story? Why when you know in the second part when Joe goes to New York and blah blah yeah. blah, you know, like why yeah. don't we ever know what happens to Hannah? Like we don't because she's not it actually. Filler, doesn't like, matter. Important. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Filler. Not a fan of that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> um. Here. Well, and then and then Beth goes over there. She goes over there, and that was so great. What I didn't like, though, about that was I didn't like the way that, I mean, I liked your summary of it better because I thought that that was probably the spirit of of what it was, Mm -hmm. but I didn't like the family's reaction to it. They were all like, I thought she would; she'd rather die, or the world must be ending, and like yeah. all of a sudden they were They're saying all making this fun stuff. of her. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't, you know, like you could knock me over with a feather. Like that was the kind of language that Lou was using, and you said that the family was in awe, which I think that's that, how I chose to read it. Right, and I think that that was maybe the intent, but the way that they were mm-hmm. saying it, I thought it was just like, "Shut up already," you know? Yeah. For real. And, like, and they're all like staring out the window at her and everything. She's like, get over it. She's doing, Yeah, she's doing a thing. She's like, and she's in the zone, you know? Yeah, she's like, great. And then she has this sweet, sweet moment with Mr. Lawrence. So sweet. She's, Noggles him. Mm-hmm. He misses his granddaughter who died. That is... Oh. You're right. Well, I do believe the world is coming to an end. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. The world is coming to an end. It's like, the world is not coming to an end. She's just like having a really amazing strong moment. Why don't you just say like... Way to go, Beth. Yeah, way to go, Beth. <laughs> You're doing great. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Christopher Columbus. You know? Like, You're doing great. You do it. That was awesome. Yes. You know? I'm so proud Give of her. Give her a big hug. Yeah. She comes like, running back. You go, girl. Yeah. Thank you know? <laughs> it's <Like that's laughs> filling me with beatitude to yeah. see you. <laughs> My cup so strong. overflow <laughs> with the, with beatitude. <laughs> uh, let's just keep saying it both ways. That was killing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so the the part where I cried mm. was when God. Mr. Lawrence's granddaughter died mm-hmm. And that uh, The story around that's kind of vague Yeah, is that Laurie's sister? Sister or cousin? Yeah, and they only talk about the one son And then his Italian wife yeah both died in some sort of carriage accident <laughs> I added <the> carriage accident <laughs> No, it was really Lord <laughs> Voldemort <in Baltimore. laughs> <laughs> Oh In Italy or whatever It was some sort of tragic like painting Because she was, oh no, she was a pianist she was a, yeah, musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, uh, piano. Piano yeah. fell on her. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got eaten by the keyboard. Um, <laughs> anyway, what anyway. made you cry? Anyway, what made me cry was like so he's all holding Beth and hugging her and, uh-huh. and she's like saying thank you and stuff and then she's like so choked up she, she can't even, even talk. The him, and yeah. then he says um, or like Lou says that he's thinking only remembering he had lost the little girl that he loved. Mm-hmm. And I just cried because Beth dies, too. Oh, my gosh. Ah, I didn't even think about How that. How could you not think about, about, not it? about it? And I was just like, oh, ah, my gosh. Oh because he loves. bonding to her, too, and she's going to die. She's going to die, too, soon. soon. Oh. It's really sad. How are we going to do the podcast when Beth dies? With a lot of tissue. A lot of tears. <laughs> a lot of tissues. Oh, oh my gosh. Goodness. Yeah, so no, that was just like, face. I know, and it was so tender, and it was so sweet, and I loved it. Sweet but little then it was girls all die. Yeah, and then also, I love the line that said, for love casts out fear, fear, and gratitude can conquer pride. I know. I know. So good. And then those yeah. dumb siblings were just like, ugh, oh, the world's ending. Shut up. Love casts out fear, and gratitude can conquer pride. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to Queering Little Women. Join us next time for Chapter 7, Amy's Valley of Humiliation. And if you want to contact us in the meantime, you can email us at queeringlittlewomen at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, even if you don't like what we have to say. We want to know. Catch you next time. (laughs) Oh, I underlined, I feel so queer. Oh, yeah. Because, don't we all, you know?